Shalom everyone, just a quick insight into Parsha of the week, Parshat Bamidbar, in light of Likutei Moran Lesson 24. This week's Parsha talks about the census, the counting of the Jewish people, right, in the Midbar, in the desert. Uh, after the, the, the Mishkan was already erected, there was a tzivui, a command to count the Jews already a, a month after Rosh Chodesh Nisan, after the temple, the Mishkan, the tabernacle was erected to count them a month later in the month of Iyar. So now the counting of the Jewish people required a few things. Number one, that it was from the age of 20 and up. All males from the age of 20, excluding the tribe of Levi, which consists of the Kohanim and the Levim. And like Rashi brings down the sixth parasha, it's Beka la Gulgolit. It says elsewhere in counting the Jewish people, or when Jews have to bring the counting, it's through a shekel, machatzita shekel, the half shekel coin. And the term of the Torah elsewhere, which Rashi brings in this week's parasha, is Beka la Gulgolit. That's the, the word Beka, Bet Kuf Ein, is the term of the half shekel per Gulgolit. Gulgolit is a head, a skull, as if the head count, the head count, Gugolit, is by the Beka, okay? This is how the Jews are counted, so that the Parsha goes into the details that Moshe and Aaron had to collect the 12 tribes, the leaders, and in presence of the 12 tribe leaders to count the census with all the 12 tribes, again excluding the tribe of Levi. Rav Nosin goes into this concept of the half shekel coin. The Machasita Shekel coin used to count the Jewish people. He says, obviously, something amazing. He says that we know that the half shekel coin that was collected in the census and also wherever else there was a Machasita Shekel used for counting went towards the tabernacle. In particular, went towards the korbanot and the sacrifices, and which also includes the ktorit. The initial one before the, the erection of the tabernacle, went to, to make the adanim, the silver, because a shekel coin is silver, the silver bases of the, of the mishkan, where you did two, like, shlivot, um, two uh, extensions of the amudim, of the pillars, which were coated in the mishkan and the tabernacle, they would go into this adanim of silver placed on the, on the ground, Right, two oshte adanim, two adanim, two of these little, little like um, bracelets or holes made of silver to support the the two extensions going into it from the from the from the keresh from the from the amud from the pillar. But afterwards, when that was already done, there was no need for silver for the actual mishkan. So any silver collected would go initially for sacrifices, the daily sacrifices. Every day there had to be a sacrifice, which was a communal sacrifice. Where the money come from? For every day having a korban tamid and korban ben arbaim, the morning sacrifice, the afternoon sacrifice. Where the money come from in the time of the Beit HaMikdash and the Mishkan, etc.? It came from this shkalim, that, were, that, were, that came in from the money count every year, okay? So the, the shkalim, silver shkalim, went towards the sacrifices. This went to the sacrifices and the korbanot, the ktorit, okay? And Rav Nosson explains the whole idea of a sacrifice and the ktorit is to bring joy. The whole idea of a korban, a sacrifice, is to bring a person closer, 
to help a person come closer, to tip the scale. And Rav Nosson explains, especially its idea of joy, because many verses in the Torah associated with the Korbanot express the idea of joy, because the idea of a Korban is to bring you closer to Hashem. And there's no greater joy than that, okay? Plus, the Ktorit, which were initial part of the daily sacrifices, the Ktorit, the incense offering, which came before the offering of the, of the morning sacrifice and the afternoon sacrifice. Ktorit, Rabbi Nachman says explicitly, quoting the verse from Mishle, Proverbs, Ktorit, Yesamach Lev, Ktorit brings joy to the heart. So, the idea of the Ktorit and the Korbanot is joy. So, meaning, the idea of a shekel, the half-shekel coin that goes towards sacrifices and Korbanot is to induce joy. Okay? So now, the census of the Jewish people is from the age of 20, and we don't count the Jews. You, can't, you don't count a person by numbers. You don't count them like a head count. Instead of the head count, how do you do? Each person has to give. Instead of being counted, his representation is a half-shekel coin. So when a person brings a half-shekel coin to the, to the 12 tribe leaders with Moshe and Aaron, that's how we know who he, who's in. Who's in. The head count is done, not as a head count. We count instead the shkalim, half shkalim coins that came in. They would have to, have to give a half shekel coin, and no one can, you can't give more, you can't give less. It's explicitly, machatzit shekel. And that way we know how many people they are. Okay? In this context, it's like this. The age 20. 20 is the letter kaf. Kaf is gematria 20. And as a rule, Rabbi Nachman brings it a lot, quoting the Zohar, the Tikkun Zohar. Ein Keter Belo Kaf. The letter Kaf also symbolizes a word called Keter. Keter in the Kabbalah is the highest of the Sphere. It's above the Sphere. There's ten Sphere, and above them is Keter. Sometimes Keter is one of the ten Sphere, and sometimes it's above it. Depends if we do Chokhmah Bina Dat, and then there's no Keter, but sometimes we do Keter Chokhmah Bina. Sometimes it acts as being inside, sometimes outside, because the light of Keter, of this energy level, is above the sphere. It's not one of the energy levels, it's above it. It's, it's way above it, and it shines light from the infinite light of Hashem down to the sphere. That's why the Keter is in, inaccessible. It's inaccessible, okay? Yet, however, every Jew in life, Rabbi Nachman teaches, needs to have interaction with the Keter, even though it's inaccessible, in order to perceive Hashem. In order for you to come close to Hashem, which is perceiving Hashem's infinite light, you're going to need to have access to come close to the Keter. How does the Keter act in a person's life? The Keter is a force which pushes a person backwards. When he wants to come closer to Hashem, he's pushed backwards. That's the only way for a person to advance, is that he's pushed back. It's called the Betisha, the word of the Zohar. Or it's also called the me'akev, a bounce back, to prevent the person who in his spiritual pursuit, mainly his intellect, the mind of a Jew, who's trying to find Hashem in his life, trying to perceive and understand better with Torah study and mitzvah performance, to come closer to Hashem, to try to make more of a connection, more of a deeper understanding of Hashem. So in order for a person to perceive the next level above him, which is the infinite light, it's in it's. It's unreachable. It's the definition of infinite light is that it's infinite, meaning a finite person can't perceive it. It's infinite. It's above him. And yet, 
Hashem wants us to perceive Him, but in a format which is called Mate Vela Mate, which means reaching and not reaching. <laughs> Meaning, you're in and out, you're touching and not touching. This is the only way a person can perceive godliness, is that it's in and out in that format. Okay? For that to happen, a person is pushed backwards. Rav Nosan explains this is all the setbacks you have in life. When a Jew is trying to be a Jew, trying to serve Hashem, and things are not going smoothly, there's tons of obstacles and setbacks. This is because this is Hashem, the heaven's way to get you closer. It's an expression used by Rabbi Nachman elsewhere. The pushing back is really the greatest levels of drawing you close. Because it's the pushing back and how you take it, how you take it by accepting it with joy and as, as a growth stage and not as rejection and feeling dejected and not wanted, but rather understanding the message that this is how I come close to Hashem and waiting and yearning and opening, waiting for that opening to come close. This is how a person builds vessels, the Rebbe Nachman calls them the nine vessels, with that within them, Hashem can shine in them the infinite light. And you're not really in, you're out, and yet you can, you can perceive and understand things. It's a level that is beyond intellect, and yet can be absorbed by a person, and he can see, understand it from far. And this is the only way to perceive it. If he tries to learn Torah for a million years, he won't get this. It's specifically by being pushed back. So now, counting the Jews was necessary by Hashem in order to introduce them to this, this uh, strength of, of being able to withstand the Keter. So the count was from age 20 specifically, because Kaf, like we said, En Kaf, En Keter Belo Kaf, that's the wording used by Runachman in many places in the Kutim Moran, quoting, quoted from the Zohar, that the letter 20, by the way, why 20 is associated with Keter, because the light of Keter goes down all the 10 Sfirot, but it doesn't stay there. Then it goes back up. So it's 10 plus 10 is 20. They go down all the 10 spheres from Chochmah bin Adat, Chesed Gvur, Tiferet, Netzachot, Yesod, Malchut. And it transmits energy from above. But then it go. It doesn't stay in each sphere. And then it, it, it drops off what it's supposed to pass, pass down. And then it goes right back up. So it's inaccessible. So it's 10 and then going up 10. That's why it's 20. Okay? So now every Jew... Is counted at age 20 because this is expected of every Jew in the sense of the Jewish people that they will in their lifetime connect to the Keter. It's needed. That's a necessary factor in being a Jew is that a person will strive to connect to Hashem. Like the Zohar says, the world was created, the world was created so that, they, that Hashem should be made known in the world. The whole idea of learning Torah is to gain knowledge of Hashem. But when you're ready for the next level above you, and it's not just a one-time, once-in-a-lifetime experience. Every time you're now ready to go up a level where the infinite light is going to shine into your newer level that you can't get just from books and learning Holy Svarim. So then when you're ready and ripened, they push you back. The question is, how can you become ready for the Keter? And how could you be able to accept the bounce back? So Rebbe teaches it specifically by being Bismcha. Joy... In particular, doing mitzvot with joy, which means a person has a joyous attitude and he's striving and working for that. When he's working and striving for a joyous attitude, doing everything to be happy so he can do the mitzvot with happiness, 
even if Rabbi Nachman teaches many places in his books, it resorts to acting funny and silly, telling jokes, and especially thanking Hashem, finding the good, to give thanks, to get adjusted and accustomed to giving thanks to Hashem, all this to build the Simcha attitude, then you can handle the light of the Keter. This is why it was required to count the Jews with the Machatzita Shekel coin, because the Machatzita Shekel, the half shekel coin, went towards purchasing the sacrifices in the Ktorit. So in itself, contains with it the energy of joy. Since it's for upcoming a joyous thing, and a sacrifice, Ktorit, so in it already it contains the, the light of Simcha. So that's why it's necessary for every Jew already over the age of 20, meaning now he's fit to struggle, to connect to the Keter, to perceive Hashem, which requires setbacks in life, and to be able to have the strength to accept them in a happy mode, so he has to give for this census, for this entering the world of the Keter from age 20, he has to give a half shekel coin for that. So this is hinted to in this week's Parsha in the census, okay? The Levim and the Kohanim were not counted. They're from age th- th- one month. <laughs> from one month after they left what's called Nefel, being out of the doubt of being a uh, stillborn baby, God forbid. So once they were, they, were, they were technically counted from birth because the Levites, they're the ones who are the Kohanim and Levim. They, they serve the Temple. The temple, Rav Nosan explains in the Kutei Alachot, all this you can find, by the way, in the Kutei Alachot, Orachayim, Nefilat Apayim, Discourse Number 4. The whole purpose of the Mishkan and the Beit HaMikdash was to shine the light of the Keter in this world. And till today, that the temple is not standing, it, we still, that's why when we daven and we, we serve Hashem, we fa- we're facing, when we're davening basically, we're facing the Beit HaMikdash in Yerushalayim. Because our energy to be besimcha comes from this holy place even till today, even though there's no sacrifices. And our reciting every day the daily sacrifice in the morning and also the ktorit, and by davening shacharit and mincha, which corresponds to the daily sacrifices, this is how the Jewish people derive such joy also. And it's no wonder davening is such a difficult feat for most people. They have such distractions and it's so hard because this is your light of joy to receive in order to counter the Keter, to be able to handle the Keter. So the, mo- the normal attitude of davening is to be bounced back. You can't concentrate. It's so hard. It's difficult. Give me to study 10 pages of Gemara, no problem. But to daven with concentration, forget it. It's such a killer. It's such a killer. I'm trying my best to concentrate. Even the greatest Torah scholar, the greatest warrior of Torah, davening, there's distractions. What's going on? It's simple words. It's because the attitude is being pushed back. That's the attitude of Keter. So davening is the key for that because it's corresponding to Simcha. So it's no wonder that you feel pushed back while davening. Why it's so difficult. Because this is the key for the Keter, which is the attitude is being pushed back and accepted with joy. Okay? So the Levim and the Kohanim, their job was to work in the temple. Like Rabbi Nachman says in this lesson itself, lesson 24, that the key stage for attending the Keter is the hands, the bracha. And the bracha was, is, is, uh, that the, the bracha is connected to the hands is, 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 is reflected in the verse about Aharon. Then we learn from here the blessing of Birkat Kohanim, that Aaron raised his hands as a Kohen priest to the Am and blessed them. 
So the, 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 it's called the priestly blessings, which we say every day in the davening. Every morning when you wake up, after the Birkat HaTor, you say the, the priestly blessings. Normal synagogues in Eretz Yisrael, and depending if you're Sephardi Ashkenaz, they have Birkat Kohanim almost every day. <laughs> if, if not, you, they, they recite. The recitation and the mentioning of the priestly blessings is, is every day in a, Jew, a Jew's life. It's part of a Jewish, a, a, a daily, the daily living of a, of, a, of, a, of a Jew on a daily level, because it's activating the actual light of the Beit HaMikdash, Yevach Hashem, right? All these beautiful blessings. Who was the one giving that? That was the Kohanim, which are from the tribe of Levi. So the Kohen and the Levites were not counted from 20, because that's not their job. The Kohanim and Levim, their job is to be representatives of the light of Keter, not the recipients of the light of Keter like the regular Jew. They're up there. They're in the temple mode. They're the ones of working with the sacrifices, which are simcha, and the ktorad, which are simcha, whether it's the kwanim or the levayim, who are helping, assisting the kwanim for that. So their job is to give that light to the Jewish people. They have to give us blessings, because they're with the temple. <clears throat> That's why Rav Nosen writes, there's more simcha associated with the kwanim. For example, a kohen is limited in who he can marry. He can't marry like a... Like a like a widower, whatever, the divorcee, there's, there's, there's laws for, for Kohanim and the high priest also. They're limited in who they can marry. They have to they have a higher level of purification, which because it's because the higher level of simcha that they're supposed to have and maintain as a Kohen. You can't have a sad Kohen going up. It says also in the Zohar, the Kohen who goes to do Birkat Kohanim and he's very sad, he shouldn't do it. <laughs> if he's not happy, he shouldn't do Birkat Kohanim. That's to be in a happy positive mode, it says even in fact if there's someone in the in the kehila that the Kohen doesn't like, and he's going to give a priestly blessing but not to include him so he's not allowed, he's forbidden to give the Birkat Kohanim, has to be of an open loving heart of joy reflected in joy, so this is the counting of the Levim and the Kohanim which is different from, from birth, as opposed to the counting of the regular Jews which is from the age of 20 because the Keter attitude of the regular Jew of the average Jews to achieve the, the Keter, so he's counted at the age of 20, and in that is required the half shekel coin, in order for him to be counted properly, meaning that he can have simcha of the, of the Beit HaMikdash, of the Korbanot Ektoret, in order to handle the bounce back of the Keter, which is represented from the age of 20 and up. It's not just 20, but from 20 up is the, is the domain of a person's life. He enters the domain of Keter. That's why Pirkei Avot says, Ben Esrim, what does it say there in Pirkei Avot? We just read it last Shabbat. Ben Esrim Lirdof. At age 20, it's the, pers- it's the way of a man to pursue. Running is like what he says in this lesson 24, Radifa, a Jew now who wants to serve Hashem, from the age 20, he's now running forward. He has the ability to run forward and he wants to run forward. But the Keter bounces him back from age 20, representing the Keter. Yeratzon, we should maintain such joy, especially with the Parsha. And another point, the, the sages teach that uh, the, 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 they say always Bamidbar comes before, norm, in 99% of cases, Parashat Bamidbar is before Shavuot. And they say, give an expression, count and then receive the Torah. Okay, because the, the receiving of the Torah on Shavuot, which is like the 50th level, which Rav Nosan explains also in Likutei Alachot, corresponds to the infinite light, each person according to his level, Hashem shining the infinite light. To get it, you have to first go through the Shkalim, the, the counting. In other words, you have to have the Shkalim to, as the count for you 
to be which in, which brings you the joy of the sacrifices in the Ketoret. That's why that it's accounted to the idea of the Machatzid Shekel. And today we do that by reading the Parsha Bamidbar, reciting. We don't have a temple today, so reciting the Parsha Bamidbar on a national level <coughs> to receive the receiving of the Torah on Shavuot every year on a national level. So that's it. it that's needed. That's a, that's a prerequisite of the shekel coin, which brings the joy and the simcha needed to handle the bounce of the keter, which is receiving the Torah on Shavuot Vav Sivan. So the prerequisite is bamidbar counting. That's what they said. It's um, it's uh, you, I forgot the, the wording in Hebrew. I forgot exactly. It's to first count, which is parshat bamidbar, and then receive the Torah on Shavuot. We should be zoche to be able to have simcha in our life so much that when bounced back, keter, facing the keter in life, to take it properly, not to take it as a setback, not to say, take it as rejection and feeling dejected and not wanted by Hashem, rather to take everything b'simcha to realize this is what's going to bring me forward, something good and big is in store for me. It all depends on how I take this push back this mini'ah, this me'akev, this betisha properly. Shabbat Shalom Ruach.